Hello and welcome back to Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 112 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. This week I am joined by an absolutely spectacular actress. Please welcome to the podcast, Sasha Parkinson. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Welcome to the podcast. How are we? Oh my God. Thanks for having me. I'm okay. How are you? Honestly, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Like genuinely, I got the email and I was like, like it always, like you're slightly older than me, slightly. Oh, I just dropped that in. <laughs> no, no it, it's relevant to what I'm about to say. I kind of grew up watching you on TV. So whenever I get like an acceptance from somebody that I've like watched as I grew up, I'm like, not doing too bad, am I? Oh, that's, do you know, you're going to make me blush. <laughs> oh, no, I was really stressed when you asked me. I mean, this, do you know what? This is actually my first. Uh, this is the first time I'm a guest on somebody's podcast. Love it. So I feel very honoured. Thank you. Welcome to the family. We, we've done not so bad. You're in good. You're in like a good ranking of people. Yeah, we've. <laughs> I've been very lucky, and I've had I've had some great guests. Like you've had a couple of people I know actually. Tomo Turgus, uh, Reese on the last episode that you just yes. released. I listened to that yesterday. You know, I really don't think I figured my shit out until about episode 70. Do you know what? It's really weird you say that because whenever I'm on a job, it takes me a couple of weeks to mm. find my feet with the character. And then yeah. one day I suddenly know what I'm doing and I'm like, oh. Can we reshoot all <laughs> of that stuff? Can we reshoot, please? <laughs> but it is true. You find your feet, you find your rhythm, mm. your momentum, and you. So I think that I think that's the same across the board. Yeah. But it's also because you're gaining confidence with it, and I learned to shut um, up. In all honesty, <laughs> I learned that people were more interested in, like, if you go back and listen to some of the really early episodes, it's like I'm yeah. asking the questions, but then answering them also. And I'd really learned that like people are like, no, they're they're here for Sasha Parkinson. Like they're not really here for Indian <laughs> Noble. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'd be exactly the same. It's the nervous energy as well. It's a word of vomit. And I was like so lucky, like in those first, like going up to episode 50, like Susan Nixon, who wrote Two Pints, was one of my like heroes. Yeah. And then Thomas Turgus, who's like a national treasure. Like I was going on and sitting on these Zooms being like, um, have you stole anything from this set? Could you please tell me, please? <laughs> oh, then... no, it's lovely, though. It's lovely because if it was too sort of um, managed, I can't think of a better word, but, you know, yeah. and too structured, sometimes that's not always a good thing. So, But you've found, you found your rhythm. But, like, how's life? Because we're in this, especially, like... I mean, I'm quite sick of talking about it, as I'm sure many people will be sick of hearing about it. It's a really weird week in the UK this week. And we're yes. also coming out of a pandemic. So also for context, the Queen died last week. Yeah, it's a, it's a really weird time. I just think this past... I think, I feel like we've been living in an episode of Black Mirror for the past four years. It's just like... Tell, I was 21 when we went into the pandemic. See, this is what I mean when you put it like that. Doesn't it just blow your mind? It's like, what the hell has happened? There's um, loads of people talking, like, people that, like, turned 21 and 18 during the pandemic. And they were like, I feel like I've lost my childhood. 
And I almost wanted to say to certain people, I was like, 18 to 21 isn't all it's cracked up to be. But I feel like I lost that part of my life where you're allowed to figure the fuck out what you're doing. Well, yes, because I've actually felt like that too. I turned 30 this year, which was um, traumatic to say the <laughs> least. Uh, <laughs> and all I kept thinking was, well, this is really unfair because I mean, when I turned 25, let's just go mm. right the way back. I was like, oh, well, this is it now. This is absolutely, I'm supposed to know exactly what I'm doing. I can't get away with anything. Please don't I, say no, that. I just had this like, inner monologue that, you know, convinced yeah. myself that now I had to actually know what the F I was doing. And then COVID happened like a couple of years later. And I all of a sudden then when I was turning 30, was like, yeah, but you know, the past four years, I've don't not been count. able to do anything. It's just like, <laughs> don't count. So it's just, you, you're constantly always going to have, and age is but a number. Now you just have to throw that to one side. And I think COVID has now given everyone the freedom to just be like, well, fuck it. Those years have gone. I'm now re, re, uh, I'm just going to relive that time. But this is me because I'm freaking out because I turned 30, which I was absolutely dreading. And then turned 30 and it felt, you know it felt okay I had a big birthday party and it was amazing and then thought you know what I thought it's going to be great and then I caught COVID three days later so I was in bed for the first week being 30 feeling really down and depressed and I was like oh no it really is (laughs) it's just not kind of not got any better from then and that was in March it's all good I've been 23 for nearly two years yeah that's all that's I'm just gonna yeah I'm I'm not 30 I'm not gonna I find myself unconsciously lying about it like I don't realize I'm doing it I was um like every time I listen to this podcast I tell people I'm 23 at least twice and it's like unconscious, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm not 23. In my head, I'm still 18, to be honest. Like, I don't know uh, yeah. where the years have gone. And the past 10 years are a complete blur. But I am also in a good space in my life. Like, although I am stressing about my age and stuff, it is very, it is a societal pressure. And I keep having to remind myself of that. And in this industry, there's a lot of like, it can, there can be a pressure that um, if you've not, reach a certain point in your career by a certain age like those things do sort of get in your shoulders a little bit um but then you just kind of have to try and brush them aside and actually I think there's something really beautiful as well about getting older and I've got a little bit with that I've gotten a little bit better at like setting boundaries which I definitely didn't have especially as you know if we're talking about my career specifically Mm. um in the Corrie days I definitely did have didn't have boundaries and those things that I that I have now and that's yeah. definitely coming to age. So there's a lot of pros to it as well. I, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Ingram. I'm trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> so am I. I'm trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> I'm dreading it. Um, next year I turn the the dreaded Schmenty Schmive. Um, Schmenty Yeah, that yeah. one. Um, and it's it's like, do you know what it was? It didn't actually hit me until about three weeks ago. So before the pandemic, I was 21, all of my mates, we were all free, single, like our weekends Not involved, in the world. like partying and shit. And I was sat around a table with all of like my core group of mates the other day. One's got mm-hmm. a baby. One's got a baby on the way. One's moved in with his girlfriend and has a life and we hardly see him anymore. And it was, do you know, like, it was like the first time we'd all properly been together and it was like, yeah. I feel like yesterday we were all partying and buying smoke machines for the parties we were having in our bedrooms. Okay, so now I feel depressed again because <laughs> you've just brought up loads of things that I'm mentally shut out, which is that 
most of my friends all have babies or engaged or and if I'm ever in a point well like I am in this moment in my life right this second where I'm not working and between you know like I've done a job and I don't start my next one for a yeah. while and then suddenly when you're starting your own it's quiet you're like oh am yeah. I supposed to be doing all these things oh god oh god and then you know start spiraling yeah. welcome to drama school dropout the depressing podcast welcome to the depressing podcast <laughs> I didn't mean for it to start going no, no, it's, it's, it's me that's done it how I am <laughs> yeah like welcome to the depression hello sit back relax <laughs> pop a metrazepine and enjoy yeah um yeah. no it's but it no, is, to answer your question I'm good I will just add to the whole turning 30 thing I went and got my nose pierced the other day um oh, you like which it? I've been threatening to do since I was like honestly for for years <laughs> and I kept going no 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 because I'll get a job I'll get a job and, blah, blah, blah. and the other day it was on the back end of a one of the many meltdowns I've had since turning 30 and I just went oh fuck it I'm gonna get my nose pierced <laughs> and then <laughs> the next day I was like Oh, God. <laughs> oh, what have I done? I love it, though. I love it. But I, that, that's the thing. I just go through, you know, ups oh, and downs. But and as actors, you, nice. you do that all the time as well, especially when you're wanting to do stuff to your body. Like, I'm very aware right now, the grey hairs that are sitting on the side of my head. And uh, it's you like, and me both. need to get those dyed. And my mum's like, why don't you just go grey? And I'm like, I'm 24. Mom. <laughs> um, I'm going to be in auditions, uh, possibly like three weeks ago, I was auditioning to play school child and we're, we're pushing the barrier there. Like, as it, it, like, let's not add gray hairs to it. Do you know what I mean? Like we're already, we're already very like push blurring the lines of believability with me being up for a 16 year old part. I love that. <laughs> I'm like, let's, let's not like walk in looking like Philip Schofield. <laughs> god i actually re remember speaking of like playing younger roles um it has been a hard transition over the past few years to accept that i'm no longer gonna play those roles um and i think i was in denial for for a mm. for quite a while about it and and then just one day it suddenly hit me and i was like oh i'm no longer going to be going for you know what the Lord. Watley Road kids like I'm 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 just not but I'm also in that weird phase in my life where I don't I, I don't quite look my age so I mean I, maybe I'm in denial about that but so people tell me um I was shocked when I found out you were 30 not gonna lie really yeah keep it coming <laughs> I, I would have put you on par with me but then when I thought about it after I found out you were 30 I was like she'd have been six when she was in Coronation Street something like that <laughs> Like, oh my god yeah um yeah I'm, I'm at I, I don't quite look my age so I I look too old to play like the teenager mm. um or late teens or whatever but I don't quite look old enough to play you know like the mom I'm not quite believable as a mom of like I can't go for the roles where the mum's got like an 11 year old or something like that yeah. that's just going on something that I went for recently and so I'm 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 at a weird time, um, which I think a lot of, I don't know, I don't know if maybe I'm wrong. Do men have this in the industry? I feel like there's a little bit more forgiveness. Um, um, I, I wouldn't really know. Them. I've not been up for that much professional shit. Uh, well, <laughs> but I've but always know, been I told I look 10 years older than I actually am. People are genuinely shocked when I tell people my age. Right. Okay. The first time I ever got so ID was on my 18th birthday. <laughs> Yeah, like, didn't ever get ID'd. I was the only kid in school that could go and get booze out the shop. Like, uh -huh. I got served in a school uniform once. 
That's how old I look. Wow. Maybe it's just a dodgy shop, actually. Yeah, I think that yeah. might be it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just... A... No, but I've always... like I said, Somebody the other day, I've just quit smoking. And, well, not just... Well enough, done. And I was going to buy one of those stupid fucking vapes that I hate, right? And yeah. they asked me for ID, and I didn't have any. And because I just don't carry, I've never been ID'd like for years. And I went back half an hour later after I'd come home, got my wallet and they ID'd me again. And they went, that's quite shocking that. And I went, what? <laughs> and they went, you're only 24. And I went, how old did you think I was? And they said, well, I was going to bash it at like 33. And I was like, well, then why did you ID me? Why did you ID me? Like, that's like a double insult. Like, I'm, I'm craving nicotine, and you've just told me that I'm, I look 10 years older than I'm actually at. Thank you. I was like, thank you for that. Like, you really have made my day. Oh, uh, well, I got ID'd for a scratch card the other day. Fun. I love uh, that. Don't you have to be 16 to buy a scratch 16. card? Oh, no, I mean, 18 or is it now. I think they've just changed it. Wait there. Hey, Siri. Right, okay. How old do you have to be to buy a scratch card in the UK? Eighteen. Wow. Mm. But I think if you don't look twenty-one, you're it's twenty-five, it. isn't it? Challenge twenty-five. Oh, because surely, I mean, I was like, what in the, what? Mm. This is ridiculous. But twenty-five, okay, I'll I'll accept that willingly. So that's that's fine. I got ID'd for a Red Bull last year, and I've never felt more flattered in my life. <laughs> oh my god, a Red Bull! Wow. I was like, yes, I'm sixteen. Yes. <laughs> There was part of me that wanted to go, oh, you've caught me. I'm not old enough to have this. <laughs> love that, love that. Um, but what I do uh, like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting? And what was your first ever professional, not professional, ever role? It doesn't need to be a professional. That's where I was going with that. Right. So how I got into acting was when I was about... I think I was six I moved my parents moved to a street and it had no children on it and my my mum really wanted me to do something outside of school that was sociable and you know yeah um interactive and what have you and her friend her friend's uncle and now I feel really bad that I can't remember his name because he's the reason I ended up joining he gave my mum my number to late mm. management which was uh it's an agency slash drama classes uh david johnson used to be the teacher god bless his soul he, he's passed away this year which was really sad but he um he ran some drama classes and so my mum ended up taking me there and i literally didn't look back so from like six years old um and then they had obviously had an agency attached which was yeah. late management and I joined their books. So I joined the agency there and I, I did some extra work as a kid. And then when I was about 11, when I was 11, I got my first, well, I don't know whether you can really class it as a first role. I mean, I had one line, but it was in um, The Illustrated Mum, which was a Jacqueline Wilson book. And yes. I love Jacqueline Wilson. And there's a few characters in there. So loads of kids from Lay Management. And went for various roles and I didn't end up getting the role that I went for but I got this other part which had one line and I felt I was like oh my god professional actress <laughs> I am a superstar and it but I was in loads of other scenes so we, yeah just in the background you know but we, we just spent like I think it was like two or three weeks I mean I was 11 so it was years ago now my, my, my brain's a bit hazy about it was only six America. months ago what are you talking about yeah yeah so it was six months ago um, but it just was amazing because I was with all these kids who all loved doing the same thing and 
um I just knew I wanted to do it from then really but then when I was 13 is when I first started working so yeah I've been yeah. doing it for a long time <laughs> when I was doing my research I couldn't find out one of the main things I like to talk about did you go to drama school no Right, that's why I couldn't find out if you went to drama school or not. Never mind. Next, next question. Next um, question. No, so I went to drama classes with David Johnson. Yeah. And then when I was 14, I joined Mark Hudson at Manchester School of Acting, mm-hmm. which was, um, is, still is, and it's amazing. I'm actually going to go back and do some drop-in sessions because it's great. Um, he, it's all for like screen acting and... Um, which is so needed. It's so neat. Like, as somebody who literally graduated, what month are we in? September. I graduated four months ago. I had about, I'd say, five screen classes over my time at uni. And it's only five. Yeah, it's something that terrifies me. It always got put to the back burner. Like, we were doing them and then showcase happened. And then we, that teacher was doing other stuff. So we just didn't get them. And it's something that I'm like, genuinely I know they say like 90% of the time anyway you learn everything on the job but I'm like I think I'd struggle to hit a mark right now yeah I mean it's really nice if, if you go into a job and and you're made aware sorry they're made aware that it's your first job and you know 90% yeah. of, 99% of the time everyone is really um understanding and takes their time with you and doesn't expect you to know everything however I think it's super important especially if you're at uni or drama school and stuff, I think you should be learning those techniques, at least the basics, but not just five sessions because it just gives you a confidence as well. 100%. I'll tell you the rundown, actually. So first time I went to uni with... um, It was that person we were talking about before we started recording was my um, screen teacher. And basically what happened was we'd sit at a table, they'd stick a camera over my shoulder to face in whoever was opposite me. We'd film, like, we'd do a a stage monologue, bearing in mind, which makes no sense to me that we're doing a stage monologue for screen because they're supposed to be, they're written differently. And we'd film it once with it pointing at my scene partner. Then we'd switch over and it'd film me. That would be it. We'd see an edited version next week. We'd talk about it for two minutes and that was it. And then actually what I will say, when I went back to uni after I dropped out and I went somewhere different, the screen classes were actually really good. But because of time constraints, I think we only ended up filming three monologues. And it wasn't, like we didn't really get into the technical side of things. Do you know what I mean? So I would, I'd like, as much as I'm begging someone to give me that first profesh job, I think I'd shit myself if it was on TV. (laughs) I'd be like, right, we've got two weeks till shooting. Somebody get me a camera class now. (laughs) Somebody get Sasha Parkinson on the phone. I was going to say, yeah, it's good though if you have like people to ring and, um, you know ask any questions that you have it's just it just makes you feel a little bit more at ease then why not definitely I'm always open to having conversations with people don't say that you'll never get me out your dms I'll never get (laughs) (laughs) but regardless I mean yes it will be scary um and I think going back to the age thing as well because I went into it being a kid Mm. I didn't 
I wasn't aware of feeling incapable or yeah. uh, like I didn't know what I was doing because I, I, it was just all news. I, I was just a kid with excitement going on and I just literally learned on the job. So I think it's easier to do that than maybe stepping into that world uh, as an adult because you are a bit more hyper aware of, of, of everything. And, oh, oh yeah, my God. it keeps me up at night. I'm like, what do I actually do? Like when, like, because you're supposed to hit this mark, you're not allowed to go walk like that looking to see where your mark is. Like you just have to, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I need to get in some camera classes. So if there's anybody out there that runs any camera classes in Glasgow, please um, emails in the show notes. Below. If you want to give me some free camera classes, I'll give you some free advertising on this podcast. Um, yeah, and then, then I'll yes. tell everyone how good you are. Um, but there's something that I do want to very briefly talk about it. And when I say very briefly, I mean briefly because people are sick of me talking about it. And even when it ha- when I'm trying to actively steer away from getting people that haven't been on it, they always seem to be on it. Shameless. Uh- <laughs> so it is, it is one of my favourite TV shows of all time. You all you've got to do is look at like my roster of guests from this podcast. Half of yeah. them have been on Shameless, and it got to a point last week where my mate was like, "Give it a break." Like, see, <laughs> just six months, give it a break, and then I was Can like, I "Do my... yeah." That my my obsession is the same. And growing up, all I wanted to do, and I mean with a passion, I was. Like, all I want to do is be on Shameless and Harry Potter. That are the only two things they couldn't be, like, well the opposite end of the spectrum. But I was, those are the two things I was just so desperate to be in. Didn't quite get in Harry Potter, obviously. Um, but Shameless, when I got, well, I, I mean, it was just one episode. Obviously, they have dropping guests all the time, mm. don't they? And I remember getting it being like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's finally happening um I know so many people that have been on Shameless throughout the years and I think it's great because it gave every it's given so many people a little bit of a platform or even like because I was only I think I was only god 15 um yeah maybe but even it's 14 just that it's like so- I'm actively like blocking the shameless page on IMDb Pro and I'm like, (laughs) right, let's find, it happened with Jasmine Franks. She was on shameless and I never knew about it and then found out right before. Was Jazz on shameless? I know Jazz. She was on, she mentioned you in the episode actually that she was on. Um, She was very happy when you got Coronation Street because she she could stop competing with you. Oh my, I can't believe I've missed this episode. I wish I'd have listened uh, to this. Story. No, it's, it's a, it, honestly a top tier episode. We play a game on the podcast called Stage Right or Stage Shite. Yeah. I would say that's the best episode for Stage Right or Stage Shite. <laughs> Me and Jasmine literally had to take like a five minute break to recover from the stories. Stop it. I've listened to a few of them and I honestly just piss myself every time. The stories are mental. Um, Jasmine Franks was on Shameless and I never knew about it to the end. Natalie Gavin was on Shameless and I didn't know about it right until, I mean, yeah, this is all coming out. This is coming out after those people have been on. I was like, am I spoiling anything here? (laughs) And now, now you're now it come up, and I, I watched the scene that you were in. Who's the sexual predator? And I was like, I love that scene. Oh my! I can't actually watch anything back now from like pre, um, pre like twenty years old because I just cringe. I mean, I, 
I've definitely gotten better over the over the years. I mean, I did like spend last night watching your Corey highlights. Oh no, I can't even. Honestly, I can't even talk about it. My whole body. Well, that's fucked up. The next segment. No, I love. No, we can definitely talk about it. I love my time on there, but can I watch anything from being on there? No, I just my whole body. I get this really weird. This is a bit exposing. I probably shouldn't tell the public this. If something goes through me, I get this really weird shooting pain in my boots. <laughs> and whenever I think about scenes from Corey or a few other jobs, my whole chest just goes. It's a new one. I've never like I've heard a lot of people talk about the reactions they have when they see themselves on screen. Never had um, a shooting pain in, in the boobs before. Should probably get that checked out. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't believe I've just said that out loud, but yeah. Um, oh, that's really hot. Feel free to ask me anything. Sure. Yeah. yeah let's let, let's um let's diagnose you with a problem now. <laughs> um, but no, shameless is um, but it 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 keeps like reaffirming to me that it's all happening for a reason and I'm like mm. now my dad would never let me watch Shameless but my mum because she just used to bless she's just a darling she'd be like right okay you can watch it she bought me a pair of headphones like this they were massive I plugged it into the tv the wire was like a meter yeah. long it right next to the tv right in and front we of wonder it. why we're all blind yeah and she said and if you if you hear your dad coming out your bedroom because obviously you can see the lights you have to turn it off so I used to know, and then when he go back inside, I'd turn you back on, and I'd watch Shameless every, was it every Tuesday, I think it was. Something like and that. And then be absolutely shattered getting up for school the next day, and I loved it. I had every DVD. I, literally, like, I, I don't think I can stress enough how much of a diehard I was as well, so I'm right there with you. Well, we can we can start the fan club, but there's one, there's one thing that I need to know before we start the fan oh, club. Gosh. What do you think of the American version? Oh... See, I've not, I watched a couple of episodes. I mean, it's word for word, isn't it, the first season? It's or at least fucking first, shit. It's really weird. Um, so I, I just couldn't watch it, to be honest. It's shit. It really is shit. Can I tell you, shit. I actually dressed up as Frank Gallagher for Michelle Keegan's leaving party. I don't know if you've ever fucking seen it. I fucking love that. I didn't know that. You When they say on the day that this episode comes out, you need to put a picture on Instagram. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I know. Well, because firstly, the, the theme was meant to be Manchester. Yeah. So originally I was going to go as Liam Gallagher because mm. I'm also obsessed with Oasis. Um, and then literally the day off or the day before it changed to Chavs. So everyone, I turned up, I thought people were going to be in like fancy dressed as like Chav characters. Yeah. Everyone turned up track suits and Fred Perry t-shirts, <laughs> which that was my whole entire wardrobe when I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I turned up as Frank Gallagher with a pint glass, <laughs> a fake sick, fake beard, everything. But I bet you were the best at the party. I bet oh, everyone yeah. was like, she's put the effort in. Oh, yeah, by far. <laughs> um, but yeah, shameless. Don't bring it back. That's all I'm going to say. Like, because normally people are like, I love yeah. that show, bring it back. I don't think they should. No, leave it, leave it, leave it as it is. You can now become an official drama school dropout. We're now on Patreon and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels. As an official Drama School Dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official Drama School Dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash Drama School Dropout. <laughs> <laughs>
the sold-out five-star play is returning to Webster's Theatre. This is where we get off by Ingram Noble and Heather Spiden follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? Make sure to get your tickets from the link in the show notes below to see This Is Where We Get Off at the Webster's Theatre on the 11th of February 2023. Let's talk about Coronation Street because that's where a lot of the listeners will know you from. That's where I knew you from first. What was the audition process like for you? Um, so, God, this many moons ago. So I was 16 and I remember... I just started college and my dad was like, you need to get a job. You need to get a real job. And I was like, dad, I'm an actress. I'm an act- I, excuse <laughs> you. Um, I think you need to get a real job, dad. <laughs> and he was like, uh, no, you're starting college now. You need to get a job. So I was like, God, right. So literally I'd been at college for a month, got a job at G-Star with my best friend. And it was, we were the worst employees ever. Remember G-Star? And That's like a memory was Yeah. After we left, they said they were never hiring anyone under the age of 18 because <laughs> it's so terrible. But G Star anyway, and Super Dry, that's a memory unlocked. How is Super Dry? I'm sorry, but I just don't know. Honestly, that's like not wondering. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, and then this audition came up. And if I'm being completely honest, like, nothing against it I mean I've I've done it I did it for three years but I was never doing a soap was never really on my radar it just wasn't um I'd never gone for one before so and then it came up and I was like oh okay it's Corey like I've watched it for everything a day and even though I said I, I wasn't necessarily thinking of doing a soap around that time when I was six years old I went on a Coronation Street tour and I gave um Bill Roach Camballo a drawing which I remember I had these wooden block shapes and I drew my person like out of the shapes and I gave it to him and I said I'm going to be on Coronation Street when I'm older and lo and behold and I was 16. Did you ever bring it up when you got the job? I have told you this because I actually spent a lot of time with with Bill and um I mean god bless him he did say he remembers but I think that was a lie. Yeah. (laughs) He definitely did remember. (laughs) That's that's one thing I've learned like over the course of like, unless you follow someone on Instagram and you're looking at their stories every day, yeah. people soon forget that they've even done your podcast. Oh, they, yeah, he was definitely lying. But, you know, I absolutely love him for, for that lie. But I do so, love yeah. that your dad told you to get a job, so you were like, okay, Corey. <laughs> oh, my God, is that how it came across? I didn't no, mean to. No, <laughs> oh. no, but it's like the biggest flex at all. No, you said you got G-Star and that, stuff. That, that's why I say it because I was just like oh god I've got to go get a real job and even though I'm so glad I was there for a couple of months and I'm actually really glad I did it it was fun yeah um but then yeah Corey came along and then I had to do a couple of auditions first we weren't sure they never really said who it was going to be they said it was going to be a friend of Sophie Webster's now I've known Brooke since I was six when I first joined yeah. the management um so that was great but I didn't get to audition with her until like the last one yeah 
Um, so we, I think there was about three auditions before. They didn't know whether she was going to be a regular or at least they didn't let on that that she was. They said she was just going to come in and out and be Sophie's friend. So I uh, got recall after recall. And then on the last recall, it was a chemistry read with Brooke. So it was really nice because I knew her and that was really mm. fun. But actually, I didn't know this, but they, I think because of the excitement of being in the room with Brooke, I'd become quite like big my performance and that night I went home after the audition and I was actually in an episode of Survivors um with Max Beasley and loads of other people and it was it was great and they watched that episode and then gave me the job the next day and Corey but they actually said to my agent they weren't sure to give it me or not because the performance was quite big in in the audition but then we watched that and realized that you know that that we did want to And obviously, I think that was because the adrenaline of being with Brooke. So, yeah, yeah I very nearly didn't get it. But so then I got the part. Which would have ruined Jasmine Frank's mood because she was very <laughs> happy when you got Coronation Street. <laughs> That's so funny. I had no idea. But then, so obviously, I took great pleasure in ringing my dad. And I was like, guess what? <laughs> I got a job. <laughs> uh, I got a job. And it's like, Corey, he was like, what? I remember being in the at the computers in college, ringing my dad. And he was like, what and I was like yeah he was like bloody hell <laughs> yeah I didn't, mean the, I didn't mean that kind of job oh, yeah, God. Um, but yeah just touching back when I said I was a bit unsure about doing a soap it was only because um I've done other things and so I was like oh the thought of being somewhere for such a long time actually scared me a little bit however it was a real perfect timing as things always are because I just joined college it meant I got to be with my friends, be at college, be with my family around a really important time in my life that um, I'm so glad I got to form those friendships and foundations and memories. Mm. Had I not, I may have moved to London straight away and might not have had those connections that I do now with my my friends here from home. So I, I don't think you need to justify it in any way, shape or form because everybody that you talk to, I think unless you are an actor who says do you know what? I want to be a soap actor first and foremost. That's what I want to do. I think even now I've auditioned for a soap. And yeah. the only reason that I said yes to doing it was because it was a short term role. Right. I don't, I, I'd love to do, well, I mean, two of them I'd love to do. I'd love to do Corrie or EastEnders. I can do the accents if anybody's listening. Um, my email's in the show notes. I wouldn't want to go in and do like a 10 year stint or anything like that i have so much admiration for the actors oh, that stay and deliver and be consistent with their character for as long as they have like sally dinover bill roach like you've got all these people and they're they're so committed and yeah. so good at, at, at being consistent it's admirable it's so admirable and I have a lot I, I do I'm in awe of them because it takes a lot and to keep it fresh and going all the time yeah. and be consistent good. so I, I really do admire those but it's also and- okay for some people to go that's not for me like don't get me wrong would fucking love yeah. to do it but for six months exactly and I think because I'd been very fortunate and lucky enough to work uh, before it I that that was a real blessing because it meant so I originally they wanted me to sign for three but I only signed for two who the fuck did I think I was honestly yeah, I'm not doing it I'm really proud of the fact that because I, I was never rude I was just like oh I think you know 
anyway, so I, I signed for two. I ended up doing three because actually by the end of the two, I didn't feel ready to leave. But I yeah. did say, you know, after this, I, I would like to go. And um, I think it's because because I I knew what it felt like to be out of work. I knew what it felt yeah. like to be in work. So I was prepared to be out of work for a while when I left, and I didn't expect everything to come to come. You know, I was prepared for the journey. So I, I'm so glad I. I was lucky enough to have that feeling. Yeah. So I was brave enough to, le- to leave when I felt the time was right. Don't get me wrong. I would love Coronation Street or EastEnders. And do you know what? Emmerdale, I'll include you in the links. Not the other one. I don't really want to do the other one. Um, <laughs> I don't think they'd give me a job after the amount of shit that I've spoke about them either. So let's just not include that. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to just go in, do a nice clean cut storyline, then die. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, They're always the best. Or like a villain. Villains are always good yeah. because... You come in, play the baddie, and everyone's like <gasps> shocked, and you leave, and you've made like a real good impact, and then yeah, and then like that's what I want to do. I don't think I'd want to do like your Helen Worth or your your Gillian Wright or Lacey Turner, even though fucking great actors, actresses have done other great stuff. It's not for me. But then watch me get some sort of offer, and I'll be like, sign me up, twenty years. Sign me up, I'll do twenty years. Yep. <laughs> As long as also, the money's there. Where you are in your life. Like I 100%. was obviously a lot younger then, as we've already established. And um, so I, I was excited to just go and see what's out there. Whereas I don't know whether it would be a very different feeling if I if I was to join it first. Would you go in for a soap now? I wouldn't because Corey, Corey was my soap. And I actually feel quite precious and protective about that like as as you know yeah as much as I did leave and what have you that that was my soap to do and it and so like no trips I, to Albert Square I would, I would never say never because honestly if if EastEnders turn around I've had this like love for EastEnders forever like I I just love I, mean, I don't know what it would be like Barbara now without June Brown and Barbara Windsor. Oh, I know. And, and if you would, like I say, if you were going in, causing a bit of commotion mm. and then leave, who knows? But, but yeah, also, that might be a different vibe because I've got bills to pay. Yeah. Like if you want to sell down, uh, Corey specifically, especially, is like literally around the corner from me. You yeah, just you didn't die. You could go back. Exactly. There are so many different um, boxes now that are, that that you might feel differently about so do you know what i would love to do and it's just popped into my head because the actor that did it i need to get his name because it was great i follow him on instagram now um they'd done a flashback episode of eastenders recently and yeah, i still watched it, it jamie was, winston it wasn't she yes but the the guy that played phil let me get his name up because i followed him the other day because i'm kind of in love with him like he's such a good <laughs> actor daniel delaney he played um phil and it was spot on and he was great and daniel if you're listening because i know you're a massive fan of this podcast um please come (laughs) on the podcast but i'd love to do something like that do you know like have a fresh take on like this iconic character yeah i'm just i'm just gonna google it he's on my um if you go on like i'll show you oh yeah that's phil like you cannot tell me that that is not phil mitchell Did you steal anything from the set as a memento? Um, did I? Yes. So one of her leather jackets, which she was very I well love known that. For. Um, I don't, I actually, the thing is, we'd often go shopping with our costume designer yeah. and buy things. So I think just gradually over the three years, I kept stealing things as opposed to 
stealing something at the I, end. I just got a new wardrobe. Yeah, um, did I? I think there was like a couple of things, so like maybe like a beer mat from, you know, just yeah, like, like little souvenirs. But, yeah, and I've actually forgotten, but I, there is a box in my in my dad's loft somewhere that will have stuff in. So it'd be interesting to dig that back out and find. But when Sound I left the script. I know. I've I have kept, I kept every script of everything I've ever done. Sign them and fucking sell them. <laughs> I know. My dad's like, because I've just bought a house, and he's like, right? Can you clear this? Congratulations. Loft? Thank you. Um, he's been wanting me to clear this loft for forever and a day, and I'm like, dad, just keep them there. He says, why do I? These just boxes and boxes of scripts. You can move them to your own house. So yeah, I'm a bit of a hoarder like that. But do it's you know a good what you thing should do? Like maybe. Maybe not keep them all, but what I would do is like see up the staircase of your house. Do you have stairs? Are you in a bungalow? Yes. Like shadow boxes, first episode of Corrie, first episode of Mr. Selfridge. Oh my God. Is that a bit egotistical? No, fuck it. off. I mean, see if my bed wasn't made, I'd show you the wall that's behind this. And it's oh all. Oh my God, I love it. I'm going to do it. But my bed's not made, and I'm not sure. Like, it's literally their mattress. <laughs> I'm going to do it. it. And also, that's such a good idea. I'm going to do that. Like five or six up the stairs. As well, which I love. So, like, I have a big Pebble and the Boy poster, an apostasy poster. I have a Band of Gold poster, things like that, that I I definitely want to get framed and put in like the spare bedroom or something. Yeah. And you think it's egotistical if it's just subtle hints of your career? It's not egotistical. Yeah. Fuck it. Because you know what? Also, Um, it's your house. (laughs) It is my house. And if you want. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. My house, my rules. And also, if you're ever having downtime, which does happen a lot in this industry, when I'm walking up the stairs, I can just be reminded of how... How well you've out. done. <laughs> but what would be really good is if you put, like, the first script that you got for Corey at the bottom and the last one at the top. So you yes, went on right. my favourite word in the world, a journey. A journey. I hate that <laughs> word so much. <laughs> When people are like, I've been on such a journey with this character. I'm like, shut up. Every time I think say that word now, I'm just going to have your voice in my head. I hate um, it. I just feel, oh, no, go on. So we were doing an interview. for Everybody kept saying it throughout while we were rehearsing. This is where we get off. And it got to the point where it was like, I didn't mind it the first time. But then I was like, it's a three day, like it take the play takes place over three days. Nobody's on a fucking journey. And <laughs> we said it, we were doing an interview, like a whole cast um, just before the show. And somebody said it. And I just went, the next person that says that's getting fired. Oh my God. And then now they, I'm like traumatized. No, but they kept it in the interview and my mum shouted at me after it. <laughs> she did she was like you're such a wanker threatening to fire people and i was like i wasn't obvious my show's in three days we've already lost our leading lady two weeks ago it's COVID and had to hand somebody in and block oh, the God, show did you? yeah like 19 days before the yeah, show our leading lady got covered and we didn't have we had to put someone new in wow but i was like yeah three days before my show i'm gonna start sacking people Liza. Yeah, that's what i'm gonna do people. Yeah. It is a bit of a wanky thing. Also, do you know what I find wanky? Uh, and it's just, even though I, I use it, because sometimes there's no other word, but um, organically. Just yep. organic. So okay. organically. Just the, way the, just the way the character appears on the screen. It's it's just so organic, darling. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, but I, and then for Mr. Selfridge, I stole, well, not so much stole, but because uh, my very... I was in it for two seasons and obviously she jumped like six years, I think it was yeah. six years. So 
but I first started, my character first joined working in the factory when the men were at war and the women took their jobs. And because that was my very first scene and where I first started, I asked if I could have one of the old warehouse boxes, which is just basically a wooden box, but with the Selfridges logo, old logo on it. Love that. that and my mum still uses it in her house and she uses it as the Christmas tree box, like what it sits in when she puts a mm. Christmas tree up. And so it is used for various things. So I stole that. I don't I've think stole something off of everything I've ever done. I think I've taken something, yeah, off everything, even if it's just Stupid like a little... Stupid things. Yeah. Like when I did Macbeth, they were throwing all my shirts away at the end. And I was like, can I just have one of the shirts that's covered in blood? Because I couldn't keep the dagger, but I kept, and I I didn't keep the whole shirt. I went home and I cut a section of the blood stained fabric out. And I was like, I threw the rest away, but I was like, I'm keeping that. Yeah, you've got to have something. Because you know what they do? If, if you have something physical to hold in your hand, it's like, it, it, it also brings back, for me anyway, so I just like senses. stealing. Yeah, well, there's that as well. <laughs> Just a chronic shoplifter. <laughs> uh, couldn't really steal anything from the mill because, you know, why would you? There was nothing to steal. Um, <laughs> bit of cotton. I think that I think that box is probably the most exciting thing. That is done. cool. And that'll be, like, if your mum's using it, that's something that you can, like, pass down as that's what we keep the Christmas tree in. Yeah, exactly. What I really wanted, though, was one of the perfume bottles out of the shop. That set yeah. was one of the best sets I've ever been in. It was a full-size, like, shop. Love that. It, it was, you just, as soon as you set through that set, mm. you've just felt like you are in a different world. And they had these perfume bottles, really old, vintage, mm. and I really wanted to take one, but apparently they were worth, like, a fortune. So Do you know what I would have wanted? One of the gold Selfridges signs. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Because then I'd have bought a posh house. Like, where, do you know where you can, like, call your house? Like, it's not number 36. Like, you, I'd have yeah. called it Selfridges. Oh. I'd have put that sign oh, I love it. on the front. Like, I mean, I've got to get these jobs before I can do things like this. <laughs> You're manifesting. That's what you're doing. Oh, all the fuck, like, see the amount of things that I've been in in my head. Like, I'm the best actor in Britain. <laughs> it, it, it's quite egotistical, actually. I remember the first day that I got this mic, I upgraded. I'll show you it. But the way that it kind of looks, it looks like oh. it could be some sort. It looks like it could be some sort of award. So I used to, thank you. Can I tell thank you why? Thank you so much. First thought it was. <laughs> my, my brain didn't go to a wall, let me tell you. <laughs> feel like I've, I feel like I've got an inkling. <laughs> oh, God, the amount of times I've stood with things as growing up as a kid, pretending that there were awards and stuff. I, 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 was, I was 24, don't worry. <laughs> like I'm sat in the mirror as a fully blown adult, like, thank you for this honour. But then the funny One thing day. is... It's on my other desk in my living room. I've got an award now that I actually practice with. Have you? Third best drama podcast in the UK. Oh my God. Well Sixth done. best globally. Just let me drop that. You're absolutely smashing Still it. Still earn no fucking money off it though. Oh, I mean, I feel really uh, honest. Look, I mean, look at you. Anybody want to sponsor the podcast? Let me know. Anybody, <laughs> anybody want to give me some money? I'm doing 90 hours a week for zero pounds and zero oh, pounds. I mean, I can't believe somebody isn't sponsoring it, but it's going to happen. It's gonna oh, happen. It, it, I know why people don't sponsor me. I swear too much. I've gotten in the, I, honestly, I swear all the time. I refuse I mean, to change it. Like, well, I, I was listening to Reese's episode 
that mm. he put up yesterday. And he was like, it's on social media, I don't get involved in any political things, and I don't swear. And I was, in my head, I thought, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, when he was saying I, that, I swear on every social media, I tell the Tories to go fuck themselves at least twice a week on Twitter. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm still oh, actively trying to... Yeah, I'm still actively trying to get Piers Morgan to block me, so I call him a bell end every day. <laughs> like people, some people are like, I want I him to follow me. I'm like, I want Piers Morgan to block me. I love that. I mean, you you're winning at life if that yeah. happens. That that's all I want in like that's all I want in life. <laughs> um, but we're gonna play a game now. It's called Stage Right yes. or Stage Shite. It's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been submitted by listeners. And if anybody yeah. at home has stories to submit, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And one of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. And I've got, oh, I've dropped it. Wait, wait. <laughs> I've got the answer in a sealed envelope with your name on it so I can play along because if I can't play this game, nobody's playing it. <laughs> My favorite thing in the world. I love so we, this. We have to find out which one's the lie. And these are right. quite um great. I was reading these this morning. I really needed a pee. Number one, I really needed a pee once while I was on stage. And it got to the point where I couldn't hold it anymore and I didn't have an exit for a while. So I peed in the mop bucket we had on stage, all while continuing to deliver the dialogue. Number I two. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it. Oh, really? Go on. Some of these are mad. Number two, my final drama school show was cancelled mid-performance because one of my classmates, who was a hypochondriac, gave herself a small paper cut mid-scene and she refused to go back on stage and said she needed to go to the <laughs> hospital immediately. <laughs> I've known so many of those people. I was just about to say I know some very dramatic people like that, so... Number three. My best friend and I had a prank while we were in drama school. It ended with the best prank she ever pulled. She invited all of my ex-boyfriends, open brackets, six of them, to my final year <laughs> showcase and had, them all, and had them all in the networking area for me to walk into. I was mortified. I want a friend like that. She, her friend sounds hilarious. So is it just that one of them's one true? Of them's a, one of them's a lie, two of them oh, true. one of them's a lie. Oh, Oh, I don't know. Like, the thing uh, is, I want to know whether the person who pissed in the mop bucket is a boy or a girl. Oh, see, yeah, I automatically went to to a guy, which like, I think work. I think it because you could just turn around and you're not exposing anything. Yeah. But there's a large possibility of seeing someone's fanny if it's a girl. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're either going to see an arse or a fanny. Right. So, oh, that. And I don't okay. know if I could. I don't know if I could pee on stage while all those people were watching. So this, yeah, possibly not actually. I mean, I don't know. I've done it. For, <laughs> you know, on a night out when you're drunk and stuff. I mean, yeah. yeah so but also, my lecturers would one? pull us together and be like, "You're going on stage." Like we're halfway through a show. Yeah. Hang on. The second one. Yeah. So she, so the show got cancelled halfway through because she got a paper cut. And my final and drama school show was cancelled mid-performance because one of my classmates, classmates who was a hypochondriac, gave herself <laughs> a small paper cut mid-scene, and she refused to go back on stage and said she needed a hospital immediately. I feel sorry for any, all the other people involved in that, but I kind of felt that that's I, true. I hope it is true. Just for the like, what the? Could fuck? you imagine a um, tiny paper cut? I need a hospital. 
I've actually got a friend like that and she's hilarious and uh, she probably would have done something like that. Okay, so I'm going to go with... I feel oh, like I need to I'm write a sketch show based on one. these ones. You absolutely should. I think the first one is yeah. a lie, even though it could definitely work. Mm. But male or female thing, or, or not necessarily male or female, but, you know, yeah. vagina or no vagina, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go rogue and I'm going to say that the prank war the six boyfriends i just really hope that that's true i, I do too but i feel like a showcase is a, a random place to do it like there's a lot riding on that okay. like i feel like you don't have to agree with me you can go with with number one <laughs> but what i'm thinking is i'd be like to my friends let's have a truce this because we need to get agents yes right yeah well just just so we're doing different things yeah. i'll go for number I'm going to go for number three just purely because, yes, here we go, number yes, three. Yes, well done. Love it when I get it right. No, my, my thought was, stage. <laughs> yeah, wow. And just the, the fucking yeah, paper cut. The paper cut oh is my God. <laughs> I'd love to know if she's still acting now. So would I. <laughs> so would I mean. <laughs> Fun fact, it's Melda Staunton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love playing that. But the, moving on from stage right or stage right, even though I could do it all day because I love them so much, like the, the, it's, my, it's the only reason <laughs> I do this podcast all day. Well, I think at the end of the year I am going to do a just a like stage right or stage right, like the best moments. Please which do. There have been like the one where me and Jasmine Franks, oh, somebody. It, it was a story about danger wanking. I can't remember what it was. It was somebody got caught having a wank in the wings. <laughs> And me and Jasmine. Oh my god! We had to take five minutes. There's a picture. Wait there. Let me find the picture of me and Jasmine. I've got to find this picture. I asked Jasmine's permission when we recorded for me to screenshot what we looked like. Like some people need sectioned. Like I'm just gonna say that some people. How I can't believe these people are existing in this industry. Well, not to be honest, I can't believe it. Oh, some of them probably aren't anymore. Um, yeah. But a question that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast is if somebody came and said to you tomorrow, like, we want you to do a two-hander in the West End, but we don't know who we want to put you with. You can pick anyone in the world as long as they're alive. Who are you picking? Also, please don't mind me wiping the sweat off my forehead after we've just laughed so much. <laughs> I can't have windows open. Um, wow, what a question. Hang on a minute. I'll carry on my campaign that's been going for a hundred and odd weeks. Catherine Tate, please do a two-hander with me in the West End. Or oh, do you know what? God. Just... Come on the podcast. Just come on the podcast. Um, I mean, okay, so I love Gary Oldman. Would yeah. absolutely, I mean, probably him. I would love to do a two-hand with him. Um, Julie Walters. Not fancy. I, I'll edit it out. Oh, my God. My tits just started. Um. <laughs> <laughs> shooting pin can I leave that in but just bleep out her name <laughs> if you want but you're gonna get me in trouble yeah you can keep that bit I'll bleep um, out her name um yeah probably got, I, I think Gary Oldman to be honest has he been said quite a lot I'm trying to think as he's my like I absolutely love him honest, I don't keep track oh great uh yeah oh Julie Walters I I've only just started keeping track about who got get stage right and stage shite right because i had to do uh, we've got a magazine coming out it's out now for anybody that wants to come buy it drop out magazine um, I, i'm a cover girl 
and one of the pages is like all the people that have gotten it right and I had to go back and listen to myself a hundred episodes of myself that was fun um I did not want to kill myself and um I've only gotten 25 right out of 100 episodes which I need to like up my game 25 out of 100 yeah like that's a quarter like I I really yeah so everybody who got it right got put on the leaderboard oh no so is my face not going to be in this magazine if I've got your losers you're um you're on the um you're past the I'm trying to do this without but you're you're beyond <laughs> fucking hell. I'll so, be on there somewhere, will I? In fucking <laughs> So it only goes up to our episode 100. I want a page like that. Yeah, you can have, next <laughs> issue. Next issue. You can have like a collage of everything you've ever done. Uh yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Gary Oldman. I would I would mm. I, a good I, shout. I would Still can't yeah, believe yeah. that Big Mo from EastEnders is his sister. You can't believe it, but also don't yeah, think it's, it's just identical. It's like... Then when you find out, you go for a minute, no, they're not, and then you go, yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 100%. Um, yeah, carry on all the way. And also because I just absolutely... I, I became obsessed with him in Series Black and then just um, mm. became obsessed with him after that throughout the rest of... Who knows? Because I still don't think I'm allowed to talk about it, so I'm going to err on the side of caution that I'm not. I'll tell you when we've done this. Um, somebody said whoever they said last year and then phoned me three weeks later and said, I've just booked a job with... <gasps> I've just I don't know if I'm hold- still allowed to talk about it if more boob shooting pain. My tits. Oh, shooting so much pain. <laughs> um, oh my God, imagine if that happened. But then I've been shouting out Catherine Tit just to come on the podcast for over a hundred weeks and I'm starting to take it personally now that she's not, she's not making She'd be appearance. Um, like, she wouldn't get away with half the stuff she used to do on the Catherine Tate show now. Oh, no, but... I, I think you would. I think you would with her. I th- like think that Little Britain, no, but Catherine Tate, yeah. Oh, little Britain, no. no. It's back on iPlayer. Is it? It was Judas for a while. Wow. It got chucked off for a while, but but it's back on now. Right. But the That's Catherine Tate show. Who's your favourite Catherine Tate sketch? I've just got to ask. Nana, the Nan. See, I love Nan and Lauren, but my favourite is a tie between the posh woman. And she's like that. Oh, Tot- yeah. Tottenham. <laughs> We've got to go to Tottenham. Yeah, she's good, actually. And then... I know. I liked De- we always quote Derek. Um, yeah. Come on, Derek, you're off. Not Derek, sorry. He's not called Derek, is he? But his his boyfriend in it is Derek. Yeah. What's his called? What's his character's name? I can't remember that character. I can't remember. But I do um, um I quote all the time. Did you hear about our John? He's a gay oh, man yeah. now. <laughs> gay man now. Oh gosh, oh. that was a good that was a good show. I fucking love um, Catherine Tate. Well, I hope that she is uh, she's obviously listening because why wouldn't she be? Why why wouldn't she be listening? Um, and it's starting to become personal, Catherine. So um, have you reached out to her agent? Maybe try that. Lots of oh, times. You know what you're doing. Lots of times. Um, <laughs> and then when I like become friendly with an agent who works at that agency, I'm like, it's Catherine available. Do you know Catherine? Like, and they're like, you'd have to talk to, you'd have to talk to them about it. And I'm like, they don't reply to my emails. Well, I've got all my fingers and toes crossed. I'm going to put out all the positive vibes. Um, but we have um, two more questions for you. You've yep. had such a massively successful career already, and we're going to go on to bigger and better things. But what has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment? Mm. 
Oh my god. Um, oh, oh, I feel like I should have a really, really, really good answer for this. Do you know what? I think I know it's not huge, but I think being a Mr. Selfridge gave me that feeling a little bit just because it doesn't have to be huge, it's your biggest. The yeah, the sets were so grand mm. and um I'd heard this show like I joined for the third and fourth season so it'd already been on for two and and I really wanted to be in it and then it happened really quickly I literally I was really lucky enough yeah that I went to audition and got it the next day and I think it's because I'd worked with the producer and it was just a really quick talent and well thank you but it was a re- it was a really quick unexpected it all just sort of yeah. happened really quickly and then I, I just I, it just felt really huge to me in that moment mm. it's a job I'd really wanted to, to do and the sets were so big and yeah I think that but I actually oh no hang on a minute I've just thought something else okay. well, no. fuck Mr Selfridge <laughs> sorry moving the so side it was I did really feel like that in that moment just because everything yeah. felt really good to be in that job and like the stars had aligned for me and it felt great mm. however my big fuck me moment actually was going to we did a film called Apostasy mm. I had a really good feeling about it, actually, and I knew it would do really well. However, it did even better than I thought in regards to it. It premiered at TIFF, Toronto Film Festival, and it was just a really surreal experience because because our film was in the festival, we got free passes, we could go and watch all the films we wanted. There were so many megastars there that we just walked past on a daily basis. I was, like, 10 feet away from Angelina Jolie, which was, like, honestly... Hey, like she's an asshole. Like, well, I didn't speak to her, so... But do you know but, what? I could believe it. She's Angelina Jolie, and I'd probably yeah, enjoy it if she spat in my face. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Um, <laughs> I'd say thank like you. works figure for Madame Tussauds. Yeah. She was that perfect. But our film, it was just really surreal because yeah. we, when we weren't doing our... We didn't have to go to every screening. Sorry, this is a really long answer. We didn't have to go to every screening, only if we were doing a Q&A. So... Our show was being screened in certain screens and we were going watching other films, but sometimes they were next door or like just down the road and it was really weird seeing people come out. And then I remember me and my Molly, who played my sister, my really good friend, Molly Wright, we were coming down the escalators and these people were going up and they were looking at us and they were like, oh, we just went to watch your film. Like, it was amazing. Like, well done. And it just really... It's always a picture moment. It felt massive. It took, yeah, it, it just, it, it was a really great experience. So that for me was mm. was mega, actually. That's happened to me once. I imagine it's happened to you a lot more times than me. I was, um, we're filming a documentary. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that, actually, about this is where we get off, because we think it might have been the first, but we're just going with the tagline of it was one of the first plays put on, original plays put on in Scotland after the pandemic. We are oh, 99% wow. sure it is the first, but we don't want to be too big for our boots. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're filming a documentary and the day that me and Heather, who wrote it with me, um, we were doing interviews and I was really early for some reason because I'm never normally early. I'm always late. Well, I'm not. Me I'm too. always on time. I'm always on time. Um, and I was really early and I had to take some stuff back to the night shop. And this was while I was still smoking and I was chain smoking because I was quite nervous, like going sitting asking about like this creative process that I'd been talking about for like two years. And um, somebody walked up to me and they went, I'm really sorry, are you Ingram Noble? And it was just a random person in the middle of town. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done wrong? And I was like, yeah, why? why? Is everything okay? And she was like, just want to let you know, listen to your podcast every week and I love it. And I was oh. like, I am. I was like, I am the most famous person in Glasgow right now. Like, 
autographs five pounds. Like, Bless. Oh, that it is a really nice feeling, especially when it's a positive reaction. You yeah. know, and when someone's not intrusive or invasive, it's a really, it's a really I nice. I kind of love the negative stuff as well, though. I've only ever had it once, but I got it big style, and it wasn't even something I did. Well, you've had someone be a bit of a bit of a oh, see you next year. Oh no, I had. I'll tell you the story. So I did another podcast called Reality TV on Record because I love reality TV. It was a ten-part series. I had loads of like Love Islanders, Drag Race, all that jazz, and mm. Brad McClelland was on it from Love Island because he's just he's next top tier, next level. And yeah. um, we filmed it in February. It didn't come out until June. And the week after it came out, my big premiere, my first two episodes, Sam Callahan and Brad McClelland, all premiered. Love Island started. Best week of my life, like ratings. Like, I think we hit three million listens in like, the roof. six days. I was buzzing. <gasps> wow. And Brad McClelland went on Instagram Live and started talking shit about somebody that was on his um, Love Island cast and gave his management heads up and they both turned their comments off. And I was top tagged photo on Instagram and got all these comments. I was the only person that they could get to regarding something with Brad that had just been done. Nobody filled <laughs> me in. There was people in my comments calling me a fat, worthless cunt that was just leeching fame what? off of failed reality TV stars. People were telling me to go kill myself. People were like, why are you giving oh him a platform? God. And then I deleted them all because my mum was getting really upset about it. I didn't care. Of course. But my mum was, like, quite upset about it. And I deleted them. And then I got a lot of other things, like, why are you deleting all these? Why are you deleting all these? Like, you're just ashamed. And I literally put a thing out on my story. And I was like, FYI, I have spoke to Brad for 45 minutes in my life. We not friends. I do not have a direct contact with Brad. Um, also, to lift the lid on it a bit more, we filmed that four months ago. I haven't oh spoke God. to Brad since February. <laughs> like, we're not best oh, friends. Such savages. And also, just they just love to troll and they have no idea. It, but, you know, like, it's good if you've got thick skin and you're like, yeah, it didn't bother I, me. I don't. It bother me yeah, it did. Because my it, thought on it was they're talking about me, which is good. They've all listened to the podcast, which is even better. Right. <laughs> like... It doesn't bother me because I know I'm, I'm, I might be fat. Like I can accept that. Right. But I know I'm not a worthless yeah. cunt and I know I'm not leeching off of other people's talent because yeah. I pull like 90 hour weeks doing this yeah. podcast. You don't feel the need to explain yourself or justify who you are. No. And it, yeah. And that's a re that's really good because some people don't have that, um, no, some people can't hack it. Like they can't handle it, and and it's so unfair because nobody in whatever section of this industry, nobody signs up for that. Nobody signs up to be um, verbally abused. Yeah. It's just it's ridiculous, it's and they hard. think that you do. They're like, well, it comes apart the job. Well, no, it shouldn't. Just because yeah. you're a twat shouldn't mean I should have to be on yeah. the receiving end of it. No, but that that was like I just thought it was funny because I was like, I know I'm not worthless, and I know I'm not leeching off other people's listeners so you know it, it, the more annoying thing was nobody gave me a heads up yeah that's not like, fair brad turned his comments off their management turned their comments off like someone should have reached out to you yeah. i've got his manager's number like we literally text on whatsapp quite often about the podcast because like i'm doing another show soon and like somebody could have just said by the way turn you limit your quite limit yeah. your comments turn them off something's happened but yeah. no 
I, I was a fat worthless cunt that was leeching talent. <laughs> which I am going to put on the poster if I ever go on tour with this podcast. <laughs> fat worthless cunt who leeches talent is coming to Bradford. That. Um, yeah, that, that will be a quote for the poster. But my final question for you, it's a bit of a closing tradition that I do still feel the need to say, I thought of this and then started listening to Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett and realised that he has the same closing tradition. I didn't steal it, but it looks like I did. Promise you I didn't know. Um, I've been asking the previous guest that I've recorded with to leave a question for the next guest. They don't know who they're asking it. You won't know who you're asking. But the question that's been left for you is... Who would you cast to play yourself in a movie, but you can't pick yourself? I'm going to pick Jodie Comer. <laughs> what? No, that's that's actually like... play me in a movie. Yeah, that's eerily accurate. I'm going to pick Jodie Comer just because I'm obsessed with her. I mean, she, I'm fortunate enough that I know her and, and like... You also look but, like her. I don't know about that, but I will say we often we have over the years both had people look. This is going to make me sound like a twat because I no, know. we're there. I'm just for the record. I don't think I look like Jodie Comer, but I many do. people have have messaged us on Instagram or comments or have you and been like, "Oh, you remind me of Sasha. You remind me of Jodie." And I think it's just because sometimes, sometimes we have um, similar facial expressions as opposed to actually looking like each other. Um, but no, you do look like her. you do look like her. Um, I mean, she's absolutely gorgeous, so I'll accept that any day of the week. But it, it, it is more, I think, about a facial expression thing that that we have. But yeah, I would. I'm just going to pick Jodie Comer, just more, much just because you know she's, she's one me of those people. Look absolutely I would, phenomenal. I'd love to like, like you know, like like Tangled, where they like suck out like the life and energy of her and like give it to me. Like that's what I want to do with her talent. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I think we've, so does every female. Yeah. Or, 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 we've got the um we've got the same party trick though, me and Georgie. We've got we've got something in common. Accents. Uh, are you really good at accents? Um I can do them. I'm not gonna say <laughs> I'm really good. Um I, I will say that I went for an audition once and it was one of those really weird auditions where they just went in, didn't talk to them beforehand and performed. And after they said, what part of Northern Ireland are you from? And I went, um, well, I grew up in Sunderland. And they were like, oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, so you've got a bag of tricks as well then. That That's 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 what I like to like pull out at like, if I'm, I don't drink anymore, but when I used to drink, like I would, we'd get all really drunk and everyone would be like, Ingram, Scouse. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I've had that as well. I, I'm a... I love a good accent. I'm not saying I can do them very well, but I do definitely dip in and out of them. I, I, I don't think I ever have a conversation with someone without at some point going into like Australian or... I mimic people's accents, which yeah, is or, terrible. So from being a kid, my parents or grandparents or whatever would say whenever they... So for example, they took me to America and within like half an hour, I speak American with all the kids. I do it all the time. When I was filming Grain Chill in Liverpool when I was younger, my acting teacher when I came back was like, have you been filming this week? And I said, yeah, why? And he's like, you're speaking in the Scouse accent. I was like, oh. I was on a flight when when I was 16, I went on a school trip to Cambodia and I was on a flight from Kuala Lumpur to Phnom Penh and it was Virgin Australia and the guy came around and he's like, hey, Jean, should I? would you like um, a little bottle of water? And I, I just don't know why. Oh. Went no, I'm, I'm, fi- 
I just went, no, I'm fine right now, but thanks for asking. <laughs> like, and everyone, like, I'm with my entire class, and everyone was just like, what are you doing? And I was like, I didn't mean it. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean but it. I think that's an active thing because we're chameleons and, and but you it know. was like, I'd done it unconsciously. I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, I've lost it now. I'm okay not right now, but thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> my, maybe, so maybe in 10 minutes I'll have um, a beverage, you know, um, but not right now. I'm in the middle of watching something on the in-flight entertainment system. You're so good. It's very rude of you to ask <laughs> me if I want to. <laughs> oh, no, like I bowed, I, I bowed to Jodie, like, because that's like my thing. So I'm like, but who would I cast as me in a, in a film about yeah, myself? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody's this pretty. Nobody's um, that beautiful. Who would I cast? I don't know. Somebody like Joe Pasquale or, or <laughs> like some, somebody funny. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Oh, if he if he straightened his hair and could do a northern accent, maybe getting Mataraz. No, he couldn't play me. <laughs> I mean, he could, but not. it wouldn't look like, right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> not just slagging him off. I, I'm a very odd-looking person. I feel like there's not many people that i know it at least so unique you yeah that's, I mean? no, that's what it is i'm that no unique nobody will give me a job <laughs> <laughs> i'm that unique what question would you like to leave for the next guest um but what's coming up for you next where can everybody see you on the screens stages anything like that I'm Actually, in a film that's due to be released in October, it's currently at TIFF. It's called Emily, but I'm literally in it for just a few scenes. However, best I'm scenes of the film. Some really great people. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and it's with Emma Mackey and um, oh. Oliver Jackson and Beyond Whitehead. I know. And and I'm Emma Mackey. I'm signed up. I'm, I'm already She's watching great, it. Isn't she? I'm honestly, literally in it for five minutes however it it was it's a really good film and i do recommend everybody go so watch excited it. for sex education is were we on three oh or my four? god you and me both are we on three or four uh three. four this will be the four. Oh, oh i'm so excited gillian anderson again and heartstoppers filming again heartstoppers what a beautiful i've cried i cried I, I was know. like, I, I avoided it for the longest time because I was like, it's going to be cringy. It's going to be, I'm not going to enjoy it. And it's going to make me like hate my life. And it's going to make me think about the times when I was in school and I'm not going to like it. I loved it. Oh yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And did you watch, um, oh my God, what's it called? Hang on. The Boys? No. Um, what's this? One minute. I'm watching The Crown right now. See, I've not really. I've never watched it, and I, I'm, I'm only watching it. I don't really like the royal family. Not gonna lie, um, I'm quite anti-monarchist, and if anything, this week has done that to me, because um, I'm sick of seeing it all. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm actually, this is the weirdest sentence I'm ever gonna say. I love Helena Bonham Carter, and I love Olivia Coleman with all of my heart, but they do not stand up to Vanessa Kirby and Claire Foy. Oh, yeah, I know. Can I just say Helena Bonham Carter is one of my favourite actresses of all time. And when you said about the two-hander, it would be close, actually, between mm. Helena Bonham Carter and Gary Oldman. I um, love Helena and Olivia with all of my heart, but Claire Foy and Vanessa Kirby, like, Yeah, they it. were fantastic. See, so I've watched the first season. Oh, sorry, mm. first and second. And then, for some reason, just never um, carried on watching it. And 
I, I do, I do, I do need to, because now what, I'm like sixth season. They're breaking at the moment, it's fifth. They've took her a week out because of obviously the Queen dying, and yeah. apparently the palace were trying to put injunctions on it. Really? So we don't know what's happening, but Imelda Staunton's the Queen now. <gasps> I love Imelda. Yes, but like I just find myself constantly being like, I wonder what this scene would be like if it was Vanessa and Claire. Yeah, they were fantastic. Mm. But anyway, yeah, moving on, because so yeah, it's, it's about quick, you, it? not them. <laughs> it's uh, by Jack Ro- uh, Roach. Ro- Ro- no, hang on. Oh, I have seen this. Jack Rook. Jack Rook. And it's and... still in Llewellyn. Yes, Big yes, Boys. I've seen and it. it. It's is fucking great. Fantastic. That um, end scene when he came out to his mum and she brought out the, she was like the, the X Factor yeah. thing with Connie Hook. I uncontrollably sobbed. Honestly, it 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 was just on all uh, it, uh, i have no words it was just brilliant it was perfect to finish. I, loved it. Um, I loved it yeah jack rook sorry i said jack roach i don't know where that came from jack rook big boys and it was fantastic yes no uh, it yeah. was it was great i loved it yeah it's been renewed as well for a second season it has But thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Genuinely, I've had like thank the best time. Thank you so time. much for having me. Always, the best episodes are always the one where I nearly pissed myself halfway through, and I've nearly done that <laughs> twice. <laughs> I'm literally nearly going to piss myself and just drank a full <laughs> bottle of water whilst we were recording. Um, um, thank you so much for having me. I will let you get back to normal life. Have a lovely day. What I like to tell everyone is, if you're ever in Glasgow, the first round of drinks is on me, but because you're the working actor, the rest are on you. <laughs> I'll definitely be in Glasgow. Oh, it's best city in the I world. I love it. It's best my family's from world. Glasgow. Where are they from? Well, I won't leave that in. We won't. We won't dox them. Where? Where? No, where? no, no, no. Um. So, well, no. So she's lived in England for years, but my oh, nana right. is Glaswegian. She grew up in Springburn, which she told me is literally right but, down the fucking road from me. Really? She's like Springburn. She is Glasgow through and through. Literally I has love lived that. in England for years. Will not she's like i'm glaswegian right it. well what you need to tell her is the next time you speak to her you did a podcast with a guy who didn't have a scottish accent but he is scottish and he lives in parkhead right across the road from the forge she will know what that is brilliant yeah. i will pass that on i won't leave that on the podcast because i've just told everyone where i live um yeah, but no, yeah no. <laughs> like i live across the road from celtic park like it's all fun and games but i will let you get back to normal life have a lovely day thank you so much And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 112 completed. Thank you so much to Sasha for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. And don't forget that if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please go down into the show notes and click the link to the Google form and submit your story. And who knows, you might be featured on the podcast. Also, while you're down there, remember that you can now become an official Drama School dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below, and you'll get access to loads of exclusive benefits that nobody else gets, so make sure to go and check that out. I'll be back on Thursday to continue celebrating two years of Drama School dropout with another major guest who you may know from the Big Bang Theory. Have a great week, stay safe, I love you. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, 
four chords, now try something new, trying to scoot her 